0: I think you're just afraid to party with a real man. A real man who has to use a gun? You're not a man. You're a coward. (laughs) Oh, oh no, no. (laughs) She she does not speak for the rest of us, Mr. Clown. We think you're quite brave and, and manly. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. John McCormick just watched President Obama conduct his first press conference in the new America Great Again era. Uh, How did the president seem to you, Mr. McCormick?
1: You know, it sounded like he really wants to help uh, President-elect Trump make America great again. Uh, I think he went out of his way to uh, be polite and to actually praise Trump. There was, uh, I would go so far as to say, a lot of ego stroking uh, going (laughs) on. He used words like powerful and impressive to describe uh, Trump, the Trump (laughs) phenomenon. And then he sort of got to, you know, saying, you know, and, and, you know, Trump, he's not a huge ideologue and he's going to need to think through, hey, you know, 20 million people now have uh, health insurance. And he's got to think through, you know, what's going to happen to those 20 million people and all these things that people get that they don't like. So mm. you can pretty much see that Obama right now is, is gunning to be a top Trump advisor. And I think he has a very good <laughs> shot at being more influential than Reince Priebus or Stephen Bannon.
0: Have you ever seen Bill Murray's funniest movie Called Quick Change. I have not. Well he plays a guy who's a city worker in management in New York who can't stand living there. It's like at the height of like the you know malfunction era. And so he plots to rob a bank and he dresses as a clown to go in and rob the bank. And then the he acts like he's crazy, and they're all scared. So one of the people try they try to assuage. You're a very powerful clown. You're a very strong clown because they're afraid he's going to blow them up and shoot them, whatever. And listening to President Obama talk (laughs) about Donald Trump, and he, I think he's very. It's affected affected him to get this job, and I, I think he's he's really in tune. I, I kept thinking about the guys in the bank. Terrified that the clown was going to turn on them, and you know, very, very impressive, Mr. Trump. Yes, Mr. Trump. It was, it was odd to watch.
1: Yeah, you know, I, Ross had just happened to tweet the other night saying that you know Trump could end up being one of uh, Ob- uh, of Trump's top advisors, and I Obama thought that was. Could. Obama could. I thought that was kind of funny at the time, but then you actually watched this mm-hmm. and you thought this might actually happen. I mean, why wouldn't Trump pick up the phone whenever Obama calls <laughs> and take his advice? Uh, he is not a hard and fast conservative. Right. And Obama was a pretty popular president. He learned how to win reelection. Uh, he left office with a high approval rating. Obviously, the Democratic Party was left in tatters. Uh, but Trump's out for Trump. He's not really so concerned with how republicanism or conservatism is is viewed in the future, but how successful he is. So well, I, I want
0: to ask about that part because he was asked about Democrats and He showed no introspection or self-reflection. all. He said that that it's good for the Democrats to go through some introspection here, looking around the room like, why is everyone looking at me? Uh, Not, of course, talking about the obvious truth that since he took office and shoved Obamacare down America's throat, more than a thousand elected Democrats have lost their seats.
1: Yeah, total blame shifting. Didn't take any responsibility whatsoever. That was a huge part of it. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Early on, he actually took an implicit shot at Hillary Clinton uh, simply for a campaign strategy. You know, he said that, uh, well, you know, I won Iowa not because of any demographic shift, but because I campaigned there 87 days and I was at every VFW union hall. Uh, and then, you know, he, he ticked through how great everything is in America and unemployment is down and right. health care costs are generally growing at a slower rate. I think we might want to fact check on that one after all the all the bad Obamacare and <laughs> Yeah, so absolutely no introspection, no uh, taking responsibility by the president. It's basically trying to cover cover himself and, uh, you know, get, get into uh, the new president's good graces.
0: Uh, were you in, as interested as I was in the gap between the mood of Democrats out on the street and the mood of President Obama? And just two examples, uh, there's uh, the Democrats in the House are urging Nancy Pelosi to uh, slow down on the time for leadership. Votes, assuming that Pelosi would become the minority leader yet again. There's a congressman considering running against her uh, and uh, the leadership of the DNC and the possibility that Congressman Ellison of Minnesota. And then, of course, the screaming and yelling in the streets. You look at all of that. If you if you didn't if you just kind of showed up today, you think, boy, that Obama, he's. He must be in a completely different political party from all these screaming,
1: yelling, angry people who want to throw out their leaders. Yeah, well, that has a lot to do with Obama's, you know, the, the, his own self-image that he's aloof. Um, sometimes people might say a little diffident, uh, but I think you know it, it's just it, he he really does want to uh, one convey a message that this is a legitimate election. Mm-hmm. We need to take our medicine, Democrats. If if you're if you're shocked now, young people <laughs> who didn't vote in this election, voting has consequences. And right. two, I think he does want to do his best. You know, he to. To get into Trump's good graces, uh,
0: in order to he hopes preserve some of the actions he's taken by executive order.
1: I think so. Not uh, not only executive order, but legislatively, and persuade mm. him that hey, these are very popular things. You know, I know what you campaign on, but things are a little more complicated. If you go too far here, you know, you're really going to tank your approval ratings. And what will President Trump care about more than his approval ratings? I love when
0: uh, President Obama said of Gitmo, I couldn't shut down the dang thing. Uh, or darn. He said darn or dang. I forget. I, I can't remember. I, I'm com- By the way, this is a family-friendly podcast. I apologize for just throwing those words out there. But I, I thought to myself at the time, you know, there's a litany of items besides Gitmo that you could put into that phrase. I just couldn't blank. Thanks to um, Speaker Ryan and Senate Majority Leader uh, McConnell. Are, are Republicans ever going to... Wake up to the fact that the Republicans in Congress actually didn't do a terrible job of stopping the Obama tidal wave and of uh, forcing him to use easily overturned executive orders to do things that could have been done legislatively if they hadn't fought so hard.
1: I don't know. I mean, that sort of uh, requires a little more perspective and sort of prudence or acknowledging how uh, that it's a conservative virtue to appreciate the fact that we simply were able to stop more bad things from happening, even though we couldn't accomplish good things. And I think that, you know, this frustration over gridlock was really it it did add to the sort of, you know, uh, populist storm that that. Brought Trump into office, So I, I'm not quite sure if, if people will ever really acknowledge how much good they accomplished by just simply just stopping things from being even worse than they already mm-hmm. were after two years of uh, Obama, Pelosi, Reid control. Uh, but I do think that Obama actually had a good reminder and a warning to Republicans by saying, listen, you know, when I got in a, right after I got elected to Congress, uh, Bush had just won reelection. Republicans had complete control lo and behold two years later Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid were back in the majority two years after that I became president and so you know if you go back over the last half century there's not a single example of any one party holding control right. of both houses of Congress and the White House for more than four years. Uh, so, you know, Republicans ought to be wary about that. And, and that was a good reminder, actually, from the president today that that might you know, color whether they're go right after the filibuster now or whether they're going to leave that in place. I'm not sure it quite matters. I think Democrats <laughs> will take it down the first chance they have. Uh, but that's something they have to consider is that they're not going to have complete control for in the, in the near future, probably.
0: One last question.
1: During the last few days of the
0: campaign. President Obama was more than willing to go cleats high at Donald Trump as a person. He was out on the stump saying explicitly that there's a racial component to the Trump campaign and you know white supremacists or white nationalists whatever. Today he got asked a question about Steve Bannon who would seem to be a pretty easy target. It's it's, it's in the same ballpark, I think, is you could argue as say getting a question about David Duke. That's not. I mean, you know, Bannon has has an easy to criticize record. Were one to choose to criticize, and yet the president took let let it go by. He said, "I don't want to get into a position to talk about every single appointment of Donald Trump's." You could probably make a pretty good bet that there won't be another appointment quite like Steve Bannon. What does that tell you about where the president is? Is this part of the, strat- the uh, yes, Mr. Clown, you're very handsome and strong, Mr. Clown strategy? Or has President Obama decided, up, oh, election's over, that's it. I'm just going to enjoy my last 70 ish days, do a little traveling, hang with the family, go to a couple NBA games, and call it quits?
1: I mean I think he it's it's both it's two things I mean I think that he doesn't want to be seen as a sore loser He mm-hmm. doesn't want to be going out uh, I'm sure that once you know he wants to give this honeymoon period uh, a, a real time where the president can have a fair chance they can't quite go from Hillary Clinton saying a week ago we need to give him an open mind right. a fair chance to saying that <laughs> you know now he's bringing the alt right and the rise of you know anti-semitism or at least people who coddle anti-semitism right. or have been accused of anti-semitism uh, into uh, the White House and I do think you know the thing about Trump is you can say the nastiest, meanest thing about him, and if you're nice to him, that's all that matters. Everything else that's happened in the past is forgotten, and I think that more importantly is uh, what President Obama is trying to do right now.
0: Well, we'll see about the forgive and forget part of the uh, Trump campaign, and as. His- Somebody who is fearful that eventually the truck will roll up to take me to the re-education camp. I, too, Mr. Trump, find you very handsome and powerful. John McCormick with The Weekly Standard, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to The Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. Or better still, subscribe to the podcast at itunes.com. It's absolutely free, and you'll never miss another podcast. It'll just pop right up in your iPhone, iPad, etc. Thanks for your time. I'm your host, Michael Graham.